Middle East on the brink, North Korea on the brink, Iran increasing its aggression, elections in Taiwan. Look, there's a lot of global instability as we ourselves plunge into primary season. How have you sheltered your savings and investments from potential major setbacks to the economy? You think it can happen here? It can happen here, but it's not too late to diversify an old IRA or 401k into gold. And Birch Gold Group can help you with that. Birch Gold is the only gold company I trust. As opposed to many other investments, gold Gold thrives in times of uncertainty. It is an important part of diversifying your savings. Now listen, here's how Birch Gold can help make it a part of yours. Birch Gold will help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into a tax-sheltered IRA in gold. And it doesn't cost you a penny out of pocket. You want to learn more? Just text SAVAGE to 989-898 for a free info kit. S-A-V-A-G-E, text it to 989-898 and you get a free info kit. It costs you nothing. Just text SAVAGE to 989 with an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, countless five-star reviews, and thousands of happy customers, I encourage you to arm yourself with the knowledge of diversification through precious metals. Protect yourself. Text SAVAGE to 989-898 and claim your free info kit. Protect your savings with gold. Do it now. Text SAVAGE to 989-898. Thank you very much. Birch Gold is the only gold company I trust. Text SAVAGE to 989-898. Warning, the Savage Nation contains adult language, adult content, psychological nudity. Listener discretion is advised. And now, the world's most exciting podcast, The Savage Nation, home of borders, language, culture, and here he is, New York Times best-selling author and National Radio Hall of Fame inductee, Michael Savage. Four years ago, I came here to Iowa, and I was asked... What is the major national security issue we face? And people thought I'd say ISIS or Al-Qaeda, and those are big issues. The answer that I gave in terms of national security is climate change. The seltzer man talketh. The seltzer man talketh. So a a study came out from uh, Pew, Pew Research, and climate change came in as number 17 out of 18 issues that people care about, but this Marxist bomb, this communist has the children so enamored of the big lie. 70% of people said strengthening the economy should be a top priority. Next was healthcare at 69%. Next was education system fix at 68%. Uh, defend the country from future terrorist attacks, 67%. Social security, Medicare, Poor and needy, protect the environment, dealing with the issue of immigration was number nine. Write down the list until you get to number 17, dealing with global climate change. And yet, the communist, Bernie Sanders, keeps hammering climate change. Now, why would he do a thing like that? Because his audience is a brainwashed audience of young people, children who are basically raised on propaganda and drugs. People who look and sound like Greta Dunberg. People have been panicked since childhood on the issue of the world coming to an end. So you get a Pied Piper like this, and then you've got the fools in the media who have no brains and no education like Jake Tapper, and you wind up with a guy like this who people think could be a candidate like that. Now, I asked today on my Twitter feed, could actually I asked, could, could Bloomberg beat Trump is what I asked. Not, uh, see, I don't think, by the way, 
that the seltzer man is going to get to the finish line. Now, I do not believe the Democrat establishment will let him get there either. You got to remember that they're, they're very rich people. Never, ever forget that the leaders of both parties are the oligarchs of America. And they do not want a communist in the White House. The worst thing could happen to the Democrats would be to have this bum, uh, Bernie Sanders, take the mantle of, uh, of the Democrat Party and run with it against Trump. Because A, I think Trump would destroy him. But aside from that, they do not want to be identified with someone who's into class warfare and a racist at that. He's probably one of the most racist candidates I've ever seen in American history. Virtually every other speech is aimed at white people. He has a phobia of white people that actually is something only a psychiatrist can deal with. How can a candidate get up every day and make an issue of race his number one calling card unless he himself is the racist? Think about that. But again, I don't want to lose the big picture here. Uh, Pew Research Survey 2019, climate change ranks as low priority. 17th place out of 18. But if you were to ask Bernie Sanders, I guarantee you if anyone would ever ask him that, he'd have an answer. He'd wave his hands. He'd stick his fingers into the, into the, the breast of the uh, a questioner and he'd lecture him while spraying him with, spritzing him with sprit, spittle. He'd give him a spittle job like a Hollywood producer from the age of Phil Silvers. It would go something, I guess, like this. No, that is wrong. I do not believe that the Pew report can be a reliable report. No doubt. Who is Pew? If you look at it, it's all white people and they're all racist. Any study that comes from the Pew report that I do not agree with is a racist report. Well, Mr. Sanders, what about reports that come out showing that they agree with some of your issues? Well, then it is a valid report. But if it's invalid, therefore it is done by racist. But what about the fact that a story just came out that the sulfur dioxide levels are rising outside of uh, in the atmosphere above Huna? Is it Hunan or Wuhan? I eat in Hunan Chinese restaurant. It's Wuhan, isn't it? Not Hunan. Uh, I saw a story, Mr. Sanders, that um, asks, is China hiding the real toll of coronavirus? Because uh, a report came out saying, does a sudden surge in sulfur dioxide levels suggest a huge surge in cremations across China? What would you say to that, uh, Mr. Sanders? First of all, I want to say this. I do not believe that the coronavirus is as big a threat as Trump is making it. I believe this is clearly a racist disease. And I would not be surprised if it was not the Defense Department that created it for Trump in order to attack China. Yes, you heard me right. That's right. China, China, China. That's right. We're not hearing much about China. It is because Trump probably designed this disease to kill Chinese people because he is a white racist. And so if you ask me about sulfur dioxide levels associated with sudden burning of organic matter, including human bodies, sure, maybe. But I do not believe it. I believe this is another racist study put out by racist white people. Anything I do not understand or I do not agree with is a result of racism. This is how I have gotten so far. I am a man who has never produced a product or a service that anyone needs. And yet look how far I have gotten. I'm a millionaire and yet I put down millionaires. How much better can it get? I'm Bernie Sanders and I proved this lie. So here we are. Uh, why are we talking about New Hampshire and Iowa? Why are these states still relevant? How did they become relevant? To me, the New Hampshire primary is as relevant as a buggy whip. What does it have to do with America? Do you know what the population of New Hampshire is? Do you know what the, let's talk about the ethnic makeup of it, okay? What is the percent of white people, again, in New Hampshire and in, in Iowa? Well, it's very high. The demographic nation, demographic makeup of the United States of America is much different than that of New Hampshire and Iowa. And yet, we sit here like dunces 
hanging on the polls coming out every second from Fox News, CNN, MSNBC, every second another report, three more junkies went to the polls and they would go, oh, Buttigieg is up 3%. One went and voted for Bloomberg. Uh, oh, it went up 2% because one person came out of a drug stupor in New Hampshire. How stupid can you be? Don't you understand what this actually is? It's a nothing. <laughs> it's a nothing burger created by the media in order to have you watch their television shows and buy the products. Now, with each passing election, the uh, privileged New Hampshire, the privileged Iowa becomes very, very difficult for us to pay any attention to. It's like the Oscars the other night. The ratings are going down on these things because people just don't relate to it. Isn't it time we nominate presidents in a different way than going through this dog and pony show? New Hampshire's population is much different demographically than America. 1.7% of New Hampshire's population is black. That's in a nation where black people make up 12% of the population. Or Hispanics. Uh, the nation's percentage of Hispanics has tripled that of New Hampshire's at only 6.1%. New Hampshire also has the second oldest population in the nation. And a very small number of people in their 20s or 30s. Uh, we know that. By the way, both Iowa and New Hampshire have a much higher proportion of homeowners than the national average. What does that mean? It means that they're concerned with issues uh, that are of concern to those who own homes which to the communists would be anyone who's white and older and worked all their life for a home, uh, shouldn't count at all. And what about in Iowa where corn farmers who want ethanol subsidies, right? See, so the thing is, I personally think there should be a federal law outlawing all primaries. I think all primaries should be put to an end. And I think we should go to a straight-out popular vote in primaries, and it should be done somewhere around the time of the national election so we're not dragged through this for a year straight. It's nothing but selling advertising, okay? Now, as far as Bloomberg versus Bernie versus Biden, I think we can all agree it's bye-bye Biden. He's gone. Biden's finished. He blew it in Iowa. As unimportant as Iowa was, everyone saw he was not quick on his feet. He was saying crazy things, dog and dog whisperer, dog, dog pony show. I don't know what he was talking about. His remarks are bizarre. And he's too old for the race, and everyone sees that. And they know Trump will chew him up like an old hamburger. So he's a glue horse. Uh, someone <laughs> asked me today, Savage, he called me, a friend of mine. He said, who did you once call the glue horse? I think it was Biden, now that I think about it. Biden is like a glue horse in Animal Farm. He's ready to be sent to the glue factory. He's ready to be sent to the factory to be made into glue. He's not a viable horse that can pull a cart anymore on a farm. So who do you have left? You got Howdy Doody, he's going nowhere. As the more America sees Buttigieg, or whatever his name is, uh, the more they don't like him. They realize he's not ready for prime time. He's just, who is this guy? He looks like a, a puppet, talks like a puppet, looks like Howdy Doody, and his act has gotten old real fast. He's out of the box. So who's left? You got the communist, who, God bless him, a heart attack and two stents, and he's still able to swing around and ye yell and raise his arm. He is an inspiration to me. I must tell you, this man, this demonic communist, is actually an inspiration to me. He is doing better after a heart attack than Castro did after he had a stroke. And you got to hand it to him. He's driven by such a hatred for white people in America that it actually impels him to get out of bed in the morning. you got to admire that. Anyone who has that much hatred for anything, and it drives him like, like Bernie Sanders, that's admirable when you think about it.
It should be an inspiration to all of us out there. Uh, but getting back to the race itself, Bloomberg could buy his way in, but I don't think he's going to win. Uh, you know, can Trump, I asked on Twitter this morning, can Trump, uh, can Bloomberg be Trump? It was, it was you know, uh, tongue-in-cheek. But not really, not tongue-in-cheek. It's, it's an interesting question. See, Bloomberg, on the face of it, has a good story to tell. He's worth $58 billion. He can hold up his tax returns and say, I built these businesses. It's a real business. Everybody knows what it is. And he could attack Trump where Trump is most vulnerable. I don't have to go into it because I'm on Trump's side here. But Bloomberg's no dummy. He knows how to attack. He wouldn't be where he is today if he didn't. Okay, so Trump's attacking him how? On his stature, his size? I'm telling you right now, he's got to stop it. I've said it before. I will say it again. I hope to God the Trump campaign is listening. It's a losing proposition to start attacking Bloomberg on the fact that he's five foot seven for three reasons. One, because people don't like bullying. Number two, Bloomberg had nothing to do with his size. That's the way he was born. And number three, if size matters, how did he become so rich being a short guy? So it has to do with his brains and his personality, not with his size. It's a losing, it's a childish, bullying schoolyard tactic that should not be used by the president of the United States. Maybe it was cute in 2016. It's not cute anymore. Mr. Trump, listen to me. You're, all of you yes men are not doing you a favor by letting you attack Bloomberg on his height and calling him a little, a little uh, whatever his name is. I don't even know Bloomberg's first name. What's his first name? Uh, Mike. Little Mike. Little. It's not funny. Now, you don't understand this, Mr. Trump, and this is a very peculiar thing I'm about to say about height. Aside from the fact that I, Michael Savage, one of your greatest supporters, also happens to be not a very tall guy. I'm five foot seven. Great. What does it matter to me? I've done very well for a man of any size. I've seen guys six foot seven who've gone nowhere. I mean, what does, what does size have to do with anything? And I'm, you know, you want to get into the jokes about sex, you can do it all you want. I want to ask you something. Hispanic men are generally not tall, especially the new waves of immigrants tend to be rather short. Five foot two, five foot one, five foot three. Many of them maybe would have voted for you, but not if you keep bashing Bloomberg's as being short. Nobody will say this to you, Mr. Trump, because they're in your employ. I, Michael Savage, am not in your employ, but I enjoy telling you the truth. The Savage Nation. It's Savage On Demand. Have you recently reviewed your homeowner's insurance to make sure you've got a great rate and the right coverage? Well, you know, I'll bet that you've forgotten, like most people, about the things that insurance does not cover. How about your old HVAC unit, kitchen appliances, plumbing? And we're not ready for the hassles and bills when those things break down. But I have something good for you, American Home Shield. They have a great plan. They cover those repair costs. And if they can't fix it, they'll replace it or find another solution. They're a great company. To see all they cover and save $50 today, go to ahs.com slash savage. Now, look, I actually had American Home Shield in a house I once owned. And as the nation's largest provider, they paid more in home warranty claims than any other company. That's added up to more than $2 billion in the past five years that they have paid out. They're real. They're great. American Home Shield is America's most preferred home warranty with more than 1.8 million customers. They offer coverage for up to 21 home systems and appliances, plus unlimited electronics coverage for tablets, flat screen TVs, and more. It's astounding. AHS has a nationwide network of more than 15,000 licensed professional contractors, so they can get you the right pro. And they're convenient. 
No inspections needed or proof of maintenance required. Coverage available no matter how old your systems and appliances are. They have plans and pricing to fit every budget. American Home Shield helps protect your home and plan for the costs of unexpected repairs. They're great. Go to ahs.com slash savage. That's simple. ahs.com slash savage. You'll save $50 and start protecting your home and budget from inevitable breakdowns. ahs.com slash savage. ahs.com slash savage for $50 off any plan. American Home Shield. Be sure with the shield. Limitations and exclusions apply. See plan for details by going to ahs.com slash savage. All right, so I tweeted just now, President Trump, stop attacking Bloomberg's height. It's a losing position. And millions of Hispanic immigrants vote. Many are shorter than Bloomberg. It's very clear. That's what I would advise. I'm not a paid advisor. I'm a radio host who has his stethoscope to the heart of America. Now, Bloomberg has a problem today because when he was mayor, he was tough on crime and he was caught on tape by the Trump administration. I don't know who got this tape, but they're finally doing uh, their opposition research. Here is Bloomberg saying, throw up, throw them up against the wall and frisk them. Listen to O one. I'm the murders and murderers and murder victims. Wow. Well, let's stop. Let's stop. I can't wait. This is the best we can do. Okay, let's say here is Bloomberg saying 95% of your murders, murderers and murder victims fit one MO. You can just take the description. Xerox it and pass it out to all the cops. They are male minority 16 to 25. Bloomberg goes on. He says that's true in New York. That's virtually true in every city in America. And that's where the real crime is. You've got to get the guns out of the hands of the people that are getting killed. You want to spend the money on a lot of cops in the streets? Put the cops where the crime is, which means in minority neighborhoods. The sound is pretty hard to hear, but this is Bloomberg in clip two. Let's hear it again. Oh, my God. You are it's clip one. What do we have playing games in my head today? Play clip two, not clip one. Play clip two. That's clip one. Oh, let me start again. Let's start again. I'm asking for two and I'm getting one. I'm asking for one. I'm getting two. So now I will read clip one since no one knows what I'm talking about. Clip one says people say, oh, my God, you're arresting kids for marijuana. They're all minorities. Yes, that's true. Why? Because we put all the cops in minority neighborhoods. Yes, that's true. Why do we do it? Because that's where all the crime is. And the way you get the guns out of the kids' hands is to throw them up against the wall and frisk them. So which one do we want to play, one or two? Whichever one we play, the people will listen to it. So let's hear it again. Anyone is fine. People say, oh, my God, you are arresting kids for marijuana. They're all minorities. Yes, that's true. Why? Because we put all the cops in the minority neighborhoods. Yes, that's true. Why we do it? Because that's where all the crime is. And the way she gets the guns out of the kids' hands is to throw them against the wall and prison so if that's really Bloomberg, and I have to accept that it is, he says the way to get the guns out of the kids' hands is to throw them up against the wall and frisk them. Now, here's a, a controversial statement. But what if it's true? What if, he's, what if he actually was stating what was true in New York at that time and what still may be true in many cities in America? Must we all be that stupid that we can't see what's going on in this country? 
He goes on in the next clip, and you have to hear it's coming from Bloomberg, not me. Listen to it. They just keep saying, oh, it's a disproportionate percentage of a particular ethnic group. That may be, but it's not a disproportionate percentage of those who witnesses and victims describe as committing the murder. In that case, incidentally, I think we disproportionately stop whites too much and minorities too little. Now, if Bloomberg said that today, he would have a chance of winning. That's the strange part. But he's he's a chameleon. What you have to understand about Bloomberg is he blows whichever way the wind goes. You know, he's the soda tax guy. Never forget that. Bloomberg is the head of the nanny state police. So when it was fashionable to state statistics that may have been accurate at the time, he did so. And now he says, I'm sorry for having said it. And when it was fashionable to attack soda, he did so until he found out that most of the grocery stores in New York were owned by minorities and he was trying to put them out of business. Michael Savage, a host like no other. They just keep saying, oh, it's a disproportionate percentage of a particular ethnic group. That may be, but it's not a disproportionate percentage of those who witnesses and victims describe as committing the murder. In that case, incidentally, I think we disproportionately stop whites too much and minorities too little. That's Michael Bloomberg in a newly surfaced recording from a 2015 speech in which the former three-term mayor gives a full-throated defense of the policing procedure known as stop and frisk. And it's threatening to undermine the presidential candidate's apologies for backing the policy and hurt his status with minority voters. But the fact of the matter is crime is out of control in most cities in America now because there is no longer any chance to stop anyone preemptively. If a cop preemptively stops someone who he thinks may have a gun who shouldn't or may commit a crime who doesn't, He's called a racist and can lose his job. So the cops basically stand down and do nothing. As a result, crime is out of control in most cities in America. So, you know, th- you can look at it both ways, by the way. Another headline, coronavirus could infect 60% of global population if unchecked. Came out of The Guardian. Uh, the coronavirus epidemic could spread to about two-thirds of the world's population if it cannot be controlled, according to Hong Kong's leading public health epidemiologist. His warning came after the head of the WHO said recent case of coronavirus patients who had never visited China would be the tip of the iceberg. That's right. And Michael Savage was the first out of the box to say, do not bring them here. Close the borders. Stop all flights in and out of China. Do you remember that? I was two weeks ahead, three weeks ahead of the experts on the subject because they're politicians and I'm not. It's common sense epidemiology, which, by the way, is now being enacted. And uh, people are now panicking, rightly so, because epidemics have a way of spreading very rapidly. This, by the way, is a very worrisome epidemic because it's very easily spread. Uh, There are epidemics that are not easily spread. This one is very easily spread. And uh, you can spread it through droplets, through touching something someone touched. That's not true with all viruses. It's true with this virus. And uh, it's very worrisome. And I certainly would not permit people from China to come into this country right now, uh, you know, with a, in a cavalier fashion. Not at all. 855-400-728. Before I move on to your calls on the Savage Nation on these and other topics, uh, I want to salute the president for something he did that should not be uh, omitted. Trump flies to Dover after rally to pay respects to two soldiers killed in Afghanistan. And people didn't know he was doing that. President Trump and VP Pence headed straight to Dover Air Force after a 
New Hampshire rally late Monday to take part in a dignified transfer ceremony for a pair of 28-year-old soldiers killed in Afghanistan. Sergeant First Class Antonio Rodriguez of Las Cruces, New Mexico, and Sergeant First Class Javier Gutierrez of San Antonio were killed in a firefight in Nangara province. And their special forces, based in Florida, they were killed in Afghanistan in the endless war. Trump and Pence stood at attention as a flag-draped transfer case was carried down the ramp of a C-17 ramp into a nearby van. Six white club members of the carry team now repeated the solemn process. Now, you have to understand how important this is. The White House said it was the first time since 2009 that the president and vice president attended a dignified transfer together. Obama ignored such events. Obama was too busy doing other thing, uh, doing other things. This was a very important thing for the families, but more importantly for the military. You may say, what good does it do? The guys are dead anyway, because it's, it sends a signal to all of our frontline soldiers that they matter to us, especially in the form of a president who is in the middle of a campaign. So we salute President Trump for saluting our fallen heroes. It's a very important story. Now, I have another oddball story, just to change it from politics per se to something else. One of my hobbies is uh, reading history. Many people claim they're historical experts because they read a history book in college. Uh, but I actually love history. I love it. I don't just enjoy it. I love it. And how I keep up with history is I read History Magazine or History Magazines. Oh, big deal. You're not a real historian. Well, the, the magazines are written by historians. All the articles are very well researched. And I don't have to apologize for being well read. And an article caught my attention. The headline was the filthy Middle Ages with a question mark. Why medieval people were cleaner than we think. In the same magazine is George Orwell's Defense of Democracy. But I don't want to talk about Orwell. Were the Middle Ages really dirty? Are we the cleanest generation in world history? If you think of medieval, what you think about is that they were mud splattered, lice infested, and they smelled like rotting vegetables. But the reality appears to have been much different. And the author of the article, Catherine Harvey, dug up the dirt on the, na on the medieval passion for cleanliness. They were obsessed with cleanliness. The Welsh, particularly enthusiastic teeth cleaners, rubbing them till they shone like ivory. Driven to extraction, a dentist removes a tooth with a cord in a 14th century vellum. The physician Gilbert the Englishman believed that people could avoid such painful procedures by rubbing their teeth with powders made from mint. This is in the Middle Ages. Uh, and it shows that peasants who got very dirty by working in the fields and talking about the, the years 1325, 1340, they were urged to wash every morning. Would you believe this? You didn't know that. And they did, and they bathed. And then they talk about cleanliness and watering a hole. Pre-modern town dwellers flocked to public baths as this 16th century illustration of the ancient Roman bathhouse in plombier le bon modern-day France, shows. So people were going to these public baths then in order to maintain good hygiene. So we're not the cleanest generation in history. And uh, it shows that even in the Middle Ages, people were very, very concerned about washing their clothes and cleaning their dirty linen. I have an illustration of from 1582, women doing the laundry in a river. In 1461, the people of Coventry, England, were banned from washing their clothes as the town conduits because it in the town conduits because it was causing a public nuisance. <laughs> the dirt was coming out of there. 
lice fall into a bowl from a man's scalp in a 1491 woodcut. And so uh, the medieval hygiene guide for combating grime in the Middle Ages, clean with wine, invest in a basin, turn to urine. Did you know that? Sounds crazy, doesn't it? Oh, it's disgusting. They sometimes added stale urine or wood ash to the water while they were cleaning their clothing. Another way to combat dirt was to shave or pluck unwanted hair or wash their hair at least once every three weeks with water and herbal preparations. Hair in the Middle Ages was combed daily, sometimes with special powders made from sweet-smelling ingredients such as rose petals. Uh, what's the point of my story? There is no point to the story other than people have been obsessed with cleanliness for a very long time, and we may not be the cleanest generation in history. In fact, you could argue we may be overly clean. In fact, we may be so clean that we're killing ourselves with, clean, with cleanliness. <clears throat> you know, all these air refresheners, or fresheners, the things you stick into an outlet that emit toxic chemicals, all of the odorants you're spraying around the house that your infant is inhaling. Why do you think cancer rates are rising? It's all related to the toxic chemicals being sprayed in your own household. Carpets emit outgases that are totally toxic. Floor cleaners, we're obsessed with cleaning agents that are carcinogenic. I've been on to this my whole life, and I thought I would share that with you uh, on the Savage Nation. Somewhat related to this story is another one I found worthy of michaelsavage.com. Half a million insect species face extinction. Now you say, oh, who cares about insects? I hate them anyway. Well, that's an ignoramus. That's an ignorant viewpoint. Half of one million animal and plant species on Earth facing extinction are insects, and their disappearance could be catastrophic for humankind, scientists said in a warning to humanity. The current insect extinction crisis is deeply worrying, said Pedro Cardoso, a biologist at the Finnish Museum of Natural History and lead author of a review study published yesterday. He said, yet what we know is only the tip of the iceberg. The disappearance of bugs that fly, crawl, burrow, jump, and walk on water is part of a gathering mass extinction event, only the sixth in the last half billion years. Now, you may say it's hysteria and I hate bugs. Well, that shows an ignorant viewpoint because the fact of the matter is you are the bug. You are the bug. And uh, if you don't understand that when the bugs die, you're dying because of pollutants, insecticides, and invasive species, you know nothing about the world of ecology and the world of conservation. Moreover, the overexploitation of animals, more than 2,000 species of insects are part of the human diet, uh, is taking a toll. What does it matter? The decline of butterflies, beetles, ants, bees, wasps, flies, crickets, and dragonflies has consequences far beyond their own demise. Why? Well, you'll have to study basic environmental 101, which is not environmentalism, it's really ecology 101, because unless you have insect pollination, our crops will die. If we have massive crop failure, we'll have massive starvation. And then you have a sharp drop in bird numbers across Europe and the United States. Why? Because of the collapse of the insect populations being decimated by pesticide use. I have been on a tear against the use of pesticides for at least 40 years. I should win a Nobel Prize for it, but I doubt that I'll have a medal put around my neck. The important thing is that I'll have the truth coming out of my mouth. 855-400-7282 is the phone number on any of these topics. Uh, I've talked about at least five or six or seven different topics. And if you care to join the conversation, you can join it by calling that phone number, 800-855-400-SAVAGE, and you will be heard by more people than you'll meet for the rest of your life. David in Washington, D.C., line two. You're on the Savage Nation. What's your topic? Hi, Dr. Savage. Thanks for taking my call. 
I've been listening to this debate about um, stop and frisk and how it's racial profiling, so on and so forth. But I've never, um, let me put it this way. I, I was asked myself the question, why are black people being stopped at such a high rate like this? So I went online, did a couple minutes of research. Long story short, I found that with only 16% of the population, black people, the black criminals, black American criminals, are committing 37% of the crimes, while their white counterpart criminals, Americans, being, I think it was 61%, commit... Well, even if those facts are true, and they're probably FBI statistics that you're quoting, correct? Well, my, here's my point. Yes, yes. All right, no, but we got to go where you're getting your data, and you're probably getting it out of the FBI database. Even if what you're saying is true, you know people are afraid to say it today. I know, and that's my point. I mean, I mean can you imagine somebody bringing that up in one of the uh, debates? They'd be instantly labeled. But here's my main point. Why has nobody yet said to young black men or black criminals, hey, stop doing crime and maybe the police won't harass you so much? I mean, I want to ask you something. I, I don't know what your race is. Are you ethnically different than a white person? I don't know. I don't even know how to ask the question. Yes, no? Oh, that's fine. Yeah, I'm a black brother, black man, born and raised in America, been here all my life. All right, so, but you're, you're a realist. You actually look at what's going on. You're not looking at what you'd like to see. You're looking at what you do see. Well, here's what I don't get. I, I was watch, Remember that episode when they were dumping water on the out the back back east yes yes i was watching yeah. that and some of those young black perpetrators it seemed like they were 12 13 14 and i said to myself where are these guys fathers if i mm, right you would have smacked the kid in the head if he did that if it was your kid you never would have you would have grabbed them by the hand and taken him home and let him know what's what i understand that but they were egged on by bernie sanders they were egged on by the entire democrat establishment which for well over several years since obama has been screaming about racism 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 and basically they're saying go get whitey does that fit uh, the puzzle a little bit uh, I can see that's part of it, but so I guess the solution is I guess black people are going to have to just wake up and say, you know what, we need to get back to our moral center. And yeah, but where are the fathers going to come from? It used to be a strong father in the house that kept the kid from going astray. Whether the kid was white or black, whether he was Christian, Jewish, Asian, or Hispanic, it didn't matter. It took a tough father who saw what was going on to pull a kid in and say, cut it out. I'm not going to put up with this. It's wrong. But the fathers are gone. And I don't have any answer for that. Back in a minute. The Savage Nation. It's savage, uncut, unfiltered, and raw. Welcome back to the Savage Nation. So to show you how politicized science has become, the useless World Health Organization cannot stop the coronavirus from spreading, but it's given it a new name, devoid of its origins. It's called COVID-19. And the idiot head of the World Organization... WHO Director General Tidros Adhanon Ghebreyesus said we had to find a name that did not refer to a geographical location, an animal, an individual, a group of people. You should know that it originated in the central Chinese metropolis of Wuhan. The Westwood One Podcast Network. Fans of the spoken word, welcome. This is a podcast. Greetings, pod recipients. You are entering the Savage Nation. Read the book. See the movie. 
Warning, the Savage Nation contains adult language, adult content, psychological nudity. Listener discretion is advised. And now, the world's most exciting podcast, The Savage Nation, home of borders, language, culture, and here he is, New York Times best-selling author and National Radio Hall of Fame inductee, Michael Savage. I'm looking forward to debating Mike Bloomberg about his support for African-Americans. I'm looking forward to debating Mike Bloomberg about his, uh, his tenure as mayor. I'm looking forward to debating him because I sure can't compete with him in terms of his money. Yeah, well, that's true. Welcome to the Savage Nation Hour 2. Uh, the big story, really, if you boil it down, is Bloomberg's 2015 speech, which was uncovered probably by the Trump administration, where he was saying you have to uh, stop and frisk minority kids because they're causing most of the crime. And the way you get the guns out of the kids' hands is to throw them up against the wall and frisk them. Uh, then he says 95% of your murders, murder victims, murderers, fit one MO. You can just take the description, Xerox it, and pass it out to all the cops. They're male minorities, 16 to 25. That's what Bloomberg said. Now, the interesting part is it was probably true in New York at that time. And whether it's still true today, I don't know. Let's study the FBI statistics. But why can't we ever say what's true? Why must we hide everything that's real? You want more crime or less crime? It's like the coronavirus. Now WHO, which is powerless to stop the spread because there are a bunch of politicians, instead of working on containing the spread of the coronavirus, they change the name of it so you don't know it came from China because you don't want to discriminate against China or the Chinese people. This is how political... Uh, issues distort science and distort reality. Uh, Years ago, I wrote and talked about the same exact uh, incident in a different way occurring in in the Soviet Union under Stalin. It was called the Lysenko Affair, where a geneticist warped science, the science of genetics, to prove Stalin right. And as a result, the crops failed in Russia and 30 million people starved to death. It was one of the main reasons because of faulty science. We have it with regard to climate change. Now we have it with regard to the coronavirus. All of these yes men and yes women are looking over their shoulder before they uh, say anything. They want to make sure they're not offending anyone. Well, they're offending me and they're offending the truth. Welcome to the Savage Nation. Also in the first hour, I um, made a controversial statement, which to me, not controversial. I tweeted the following. I said, President Trump, Stop attacking Bloomberg's height. It's a losing position. And millions of Hispanic immigrants vote. Many are shorter than Bloomberg. You should see the hatred from all the loser men out there with them. Obviously, they have something to do with a sense of inferiority. They're the men who drive the big trucks, who cut you off on the highway. The bigger the truck, the bigger the schmuck is what I have found. Uh, Not in every case, but in many cases, men who have inferiority complexes tend to drive these giant cars because of a failure in other departments uh, of their life. So immediately, all the losers who live in cardboard boxes start attacking me. And they're qu- quoting a falsehood that I'm five foot four. No, I'm not five foot four. I'm about five foot eight. But they're quoting a source from China, by the way, who first put that up on the Internet, as though that's the fact. But it's irrelevant what my height is. What's relevant is that Trump is making a schmuck of himself. He shouldn't attack Bloomberg based on his height. The height isn't the issue. The issue is his politics. And what he's doing in doing that is debasing the presidency and lowering himself to the level of a schoolyard bully. Now, if you don't think I should say that, it means you're a moron. 
What is it now? You can't say one word about Donald Trump that's not glorifying him as a god? Have you become that stupid? There is no greater supporter of Donald Trump than Michael Savage, and he knows it, which is why he called me personally three weeks ago on my own cell phone, and he thanked me for, uh, for my support all the years. But when he's wrong, I'm going to say he's wrong, and his yes men will never say to him you're wrong. They're afraid of losing their job. This is a very dangerous place to be. Now, why do I say he's wrong for calling him little Mike, mini Mike, this Mike, that Mike? Because it diminishes him as a world leader. That's why. Do you understand that? If you don't understand that, go out and buy a big truck and make it a used one at that. I'm Michael Savage, and I agree with my monologue. You want to talk about that? Go ahead and make my day. I'd be glad to do it. I think Bloomberg can be attacked on other levels than his height. For example... Uh, he attacked soda when he was mayor of New York. Let's make it very basic for the people out there. He made soda his number one issue. Remember, he tried to attack soda. Soda was killing people. Well, I think soda is terrible. I don't drink it myself. But most of America does it, does drink it. They love it. And what he didn't understand, he was going up against basically minorities by attacking soda in New York City because most of the grocery stores, not the big chains, are owned by, uh, in many cases, people from an Arabic background. They own, they own the grocery business in many cities. They're very hardworking people. It's one of the first businesses that you can get into if you're hardworking. And uh, they're in the grocery business. They did not want him hitting them with a the soda tax or trying to drive soda out of New York City. And so then he finally wisened up and stopped it. He could be attacked on soda. You can make soda jokes about him. They'd be probably, I, I think they'd be better received than, than height jokes, don't you? But then again, I don't know. As uh, a very wise uh, commentator once said, no one ever went broke underestimating the intelligence of the American people. What are you going to do is go on Twitter to see that's true. 855-407-282. Why are we talking about New Hampshire and Iowa? Uh, I think we need to drop these states as bellwethers. They're from the buggy whip age. Do you think Bloomberg will stop Bernie from winning? Now, I want to talk about that in a little more detail. I do not believe Bernie will be allowed to win the nomination by the Democrat uh, oligarchs. I believe he'll never make it to the finish line. Fill in the blank any way you want. Okay, any way you want to fill that one in, he's not getting across the finish line. They're not going to let uh, the communist cross that finish line because they know that it would be a disaster not only for the party, but for America and particularly for them because they'd be killed uh, business-wise. They're all rich men. Obama's now a multimillionaire, probably a billionaire. You think Obama now wants to suddenly pay more taxes? He wants to be attacked by, by Bernie the communist? No, I don't think so. So they're not going to let the communist from New York cross the finish line. And I think that he will be stopped one way or another. And I'll let it hang in the air because I've seen too many gangster movies uh, to make believe I don't know what I'm talking about. Go and watch. Go watch the movie The Irishman. They stopped the union leader, didn't they, who got out of, out of control, didn't they? He disappeared. What do you think? It can't be done to a politician. Didn't somebody, uh, can I bring it up? Didn't uh, Kennedy get shot? Who, who shot Kennedy? You want to talk about that? What had happened by accident? You think the guy in the, in the book tower did it? Who was behind him? Why was Kennedy assassinated? Let me tell you something right now. This man has stepped on too many toes. They stopped him last time against Hillary. They're going to stop him again this time. And whether I'm the first or the last does not matter to me. Bernie has gone too far. He has attacked too many people. 
But more importantly, he has attacked the fundaments of America itself by calling every white person a racist and attacking every successful person as some kind of evil uh, devil. No, he can't be allowed to win. It will destroy not only the party, but America itself. And they will stop him one way or the other. Now, God tried to stop him. But unfortunately for God, Bernie's demons are stronger than God himself. Have you ever heard of a man having a heart attack and having two stents put in and two weeks later he's out on the campaign trail swinging his arms around, yelling, screaming, attacking, mercilessly being the, 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 the vile individual that he is? Where does he get the energy from? He's driven by an animus that's hard to comprehend. Unless you have been a lifetime Bolshevik, you can never comprehend the hatred they have for the middle class. In addition to that, he is a racist. By virtue of everything Bernie Sanders says, he is a stone-hearted racist. Now, let me get into this in a little more detail because I've never been allowed. I, I've never allowed myself to do it, but I think I need to do it now. Bernie Sanders comes from a Jewish background, but he disavowed his religion his entire life. He said he's born Jewish, but he has no religion whatsoever. He relates as a communist originally, not as a Jew. And you may not know this, but he lived in Israel, but not the Israel that you know. He lived in Israel because Israel was a socialist state at the time. He lived on a kibbutz, which is a socialist farming community by and large. So as a young communist, he went to Israel to enjoy the socialist heaven of Israel. And he probably was disenchanted by the work he actually had to do on the kibbutz because most Israelis work very, very hard. They're farmers or fishermen. They do something, and he's not used to doing anything at that time. He's just used to being a slacker, pothead bum uh, who steals his friend's dope and tries to screw his friend's uh, uh, girlfriend. So he goes to Israel and doesn't really work out in the kibbutz. But nevertheless, that's who Bernie Sanders is, that kind of bum. All right, so the rest is history. Now, again, he says he's born of Jewish heritage, which he was, but he disavows his Jewish heritage because he's not relating to his religion at all or his ethnicity. He is a communist. And the communism always trumps, the, sorry to use the word, communism will always trump one's religion or ethnic background. Now, somewhere about two years ago, Bernie Sanders discovered that it would be useful to him to say he's Jewish. Suddenly, he thought that would be useful the same way Barack Obama admitted in his own autobiography that he never really made an issue of his African-American and Caucasian heritage. He never made an issue of it because he was of mixed race. But he said something happened while he was at Columbia University. I'm going back to Obama now. He said that when he started to identify as a black radical, he got all the attention that he always wanted from the students at Columbia. So he got more radical. And the more radical he became, uh, the more attention he got Obama. It's the same with Bernie Sanders. The more he identified as a Jew, all of a sudden, they started to make him, they threw a shield of protection around him. Anyone who would attack him was a racist, a sexist, a homophobe, and a, and a this and a that. So he identified as Jewish when it became convenient for him. And then he could say the Trump's a racist and an anti-Semite for attacking him. Wait until you see till the debates start. If anyone will say one word to this communist filth, he'll suddenly wrap himself in his Jewishness and put on a talus maybe tefillin for all I know, and a yarmulke and start praying on stage and say they're attacking his religion. He is the worst type. He is the type who uses his religion as a weapon. I despise everything he stands for. He is a pox upon the earth. I'm going to take a break. The Savage Nation. It's Savage On Demand. 
It is the Savage Nation. You know, it's pathetic how many men who are taller than Bloomberg think it makes them superior because they're taller than Bloomberg. It's really pathetic to see how many men are so pathetic in their lives that they think because a man is, I don't even know his height, uh, but Trump is making a disastrous error by focusing only on Bloomberg's height. It's a losing position, a very big losing position. And uh, a point of correction, during the uh, war against soda in New York, it was the Korean Grocers Association that pushed back against Bloomberg because many Koreans own the groceries in New York City and a good portion of their income in their grocery stores was based upon soda. And they're the ones through their association who fought against uh, Bloomberg and uh, stopped him from the soda wars. Incidentally, it's something you should know. So he's vulnerable on many other levels. He's vulnerable, of course, on the minority kids, throw them up against the wall and frisk them. He's vulnerable on the soda issue. There are many other things that Bloomberg could be uh, faulted for that he is responsible for, but his actual height is not one of them. And moreover, I don't know what his height actually is, but he is worth, what, $58 billion? Is that why all the men who are suddenly thinking they're superior to him, who drive broken trucks and live in a cardboard box, thinking that they're better men than him? What's wrong with you people? Don't you understand what it makes you look like and why your wife left you? Why she cheated on you all these years? Don't you understand she looked through you and saw there was nothing there uh, but your height and there was nothing underneath that height but stupidity and thuggery? So again, I think that uh, Trump should stop attacking Bloomberg's height. It's a losing position. And uh, I think he will eventually uh, stop this, frankly. Scotty in Utah, welcome to the Savage Nation. What's the topic? Thank you, uh, Dr. Savage. Yeah, I, I, like Trump and many others, we were born with what we call height privilege. And uh, I'm an athlete. Most people are not over six feet tall. And there's no reason to fault them for that or... I don't know. It's just it's one of those things that people that people don't you think it diminishes him and the presidency to do a thing like that at this stage of his career? It, it does, because these are he turns away some people who would otherwise, he ha, you know, his approval is great. It's at 50 or 51 percent. It could be much higher if he stopped the juvenile tweeting, don't you think? A hundred percent. I have a lot. Of and I'm not alone on that. I think the tweeting has to stop. It's enough already. The only person who can defeat Donald Trump is Donald Trump. And the only thing that could defeat Donald Trump are these idiotic middle-of-the-night tweets when he has low blood sugar. <laughs> you got a point there, that's for sure. Uh, he, he would, he, there's a lot of people that would otherwise be for him if it weren't for some of these antics. And Yes, I've heard it from many people who say, I like some of his policies, I love the economy, I like that America's proud of itself again, but this part of him bothers me gravely because I'm afraid he can make a grave policy error in the middle of the night with one of his tweets. Moreover, it's, it's, it's kind of juvenile, uh, putting aside the, the Bloomberg short thing. You shouldn't run policy based on tweeting. Well, that's, that's, definitely, that's definitely true as well. But more, you know, more importantly, the way that you be, it's unnecessary. He doesn't need that to beat Trump. I mean, to beat Bloomberg. Bloomberg that's right. Easy target. Bloomberg can be beaten on many other levels. And, you know, it reminds me of schoolyard bullying, by the way. I actually, when I spoke to Donald Trump on my phone three weeks ago, he asked me who he thinks it might win it. And I told him Bernie. And I said, the biggest mistake you could make would be to attack him viciously because you'll be seen as a bully picking on an old man who had a heart attack. I said that to him on my own phone. 
I'm not saying anything different here about Bloomberg. I think this is a character flaw that is as wide as the Grand Canyon, and he has to understand that it's not working for him. It may be working against him. Am I wrong on that? No, but what kind of reaction did he have when you said that to him on his face? Well, that I'm not going <laughs> to say, because then it becomes, you know, between that's a kind of a personal phone call. But what I'm saying, one of the things Donald Trump admires about me is my honesty. I remember in 2015 when I first had him on the show, he got on the phone in his limousine in Manhattan. He said he, we had never talked before, and he, he picked up the phone. I was on WABC at the time, and he said, Michael, he said, one of the things I like about you is you say exactly what's on your mind. He said that. I have a tape of it. Maybe we'll get it for tomorrow or the next day, Jim. And he's surrounded by people who are yes men who will never, ever say a negative word to him. And that is not a good thing for a business leader or a world leader. They need to have constructive criticism and they need to distance themselves from yes men. That's all I'm trying to say. And Donald Trump has no greater supporter than I in the media. I'm Michael Savage. When I come back, I'll take your calls right here on The Savage Nation. Michael Savage, a host like no other. Welcome back to the Savage Nation. You know, there's something eerie going on. I look at Bernie Sanders' still pictures of him with the teeth and the smile. They're getting the communists to smile now because he scares babies and makes hearts stop with his hatred and his anger. But when he smiles, there's something eerie. He looks like Ratso Rizzo 50 years later. It turns out that Ratso Rizzo did, didn't die on that bus to Miami with John Voight. He actually lived. And 50 years later, they cleaned him up and turned him into a candidate for the presidency. And he's actually running as a communist. But having said that, there are so many gullible idiots out there, they're going to vote for this schmuck. They have no idea what communism means or what it did to the world, nor that there's no differential between those who call themselves socialists and communists. In fact, if you read Lenin himself, or was it Marx who said, there is no difference. Uh, at the end of the day, there is no difference whatsoever. Read some history before you uh, get gold into digging your own grave and throwing lime in it before they toss you into the pit. Sam in San Diego, welcome to the Savage Nation. What's on your mind? Dr. Savage, I just want to call and say I agree with you. I think, you know, Trump's got to stop insulting Bloomberg about his height. I think it's a, a strategic error. And here's why. So I think what President Trump is doing is he's employing the attack strategy that he used against Marco Rubio and against Ted Cruz, where he could level a, a you know, kind of insult against them. But what Trump's forgetting is Bloomberg is not in a family. Cruz and Rubio were inside the family. So when Trump attacked those guys, it was okay because he was attacking really the failures of leadership and just the personal failures of those people inside the family. And I think the mistake that... Trump well, moreover, moreover, Bloomberg is an extremely successful man who's worth, what, $58 billion? He didn't steal it. And he made it on his own. So let's put aside his politics. The man is an American success story. You can't take that away from him. I agree. And, you know, when I watch him, I've, I spent the last 10 years watching Bloomberg TV in the morning when I was getting ready for work. So there are a lot of moderate. That's right. Many of us know that Bloomberg created a viable business, a product and a service that many of us enjoy. So you can't take him down based on the fact that he wasn't born at six foot two. A hundred percent. It's a schoolyard bullying tactic that has no benefit to whatsoever and tremendous deficit. And I'll repeat it over and over again until Trump stops it and grows up and cuts it out. And, uh, oh, now the Trumper, oh, you're a never-Trumper, you're this. No, I'm, I'm, a, I'm an always-Trumper. You people cannot understand one major thing. 
those of you who are slavish worshipers. You cannot worship any man. No man is right about everything, myself included. Every one of us is fallible, man or woman. We all make mistakes. And unless President Trump is told to stop the tweeting and attacking people on a personal level, I'm not so sure that the odds are good. His popularity is very high. It could be much higher if he, in, if he stepped into the shoes of his own success. Let's put it to you that way. If Donald Trump were to step into the shoes of his own success and stop being so insecure that he has to attack everybody on a personal level, he'd have a 60% approval rating. That's my opinion. What's yours? I'll be back tomorrow with God's will and your listenership. The Westwood One Podcast Network. 